values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. The Consumer Price Index came out this morning with uh, what is showing a half a percent increase higher than was expected, and it's 6.4% year over year, which is a slowing of inflation of inflation overall. The numbers um, are are pretty dramatic in some of the key areas, and we're going to get to those numbers in a moment. We had Kristen Bentz on this morning. She is the uh, head of K or CEO of KB Advisory Group, which is uh, she's a retail analyst, and she's been doing this for decades and has been so smart and so good on the issues. We're going to get to some of her comments, but I want you to hear um, this ABC News report and the statement from the president on the consumer price index. President Biden says the new inflation report is, quote, good news for families and businesses, noting that inflation has fallen for seven straight months. But the president adds, quote, there is still more work to do as we make this transition to more steady, stable growth, and there could be setbacks along the way. President Biden goes on to tout the impact so far of the Inflation Reduction Act, which he signed into law last year, saying it's lowering prescription drug costs, health care costs, and home energy costs for tens of millions of Americans. He once again calls out Republicans for not committing to raise the debt ceiling without conditions, saying a government default would, quote, raise costs and create economic chaos. So um, dig into this a little bit. Now, when it comes to prescription drug costs, I am someone, listen, I'm on some medication. I take meds now because I have, I was diagnosed with uh, high blood pressure. I have some pretty severe hypertension. So not only do I have to sleep with one of those goofy machines and a mask on my face, I know very sexy on Valentine's Day, um, but I also take uh, medications now and, and prescriptions that are not cheap all the time. And thank goodness that I have insurance with a prescription program. So it's not something that's left without me understanding how people feel about prescription drugs. But when you take a look at the number of prescription drugs that are actually being negotiated now, the idea that they're saying that this is such a huge thing, it's something you brag about when you've got nothing else to brag about. Um, And saying that this is good news for the American family, this is where there is an issue. I'm reading accurate numbers to you. You tell me if this affects every American family you know, or at least the vast majority of them. Fuel oil, 27.7% increase. Gas utilities 26.7. Transportation 14.6. Electricity 11.9. Food at home 11.3. Shelter 7.9. So now the overall consumer price index is at 7.9%. When you factor in, gasoline went up only a point and a half, uh, 1.5% for year over year. New cars are up 5.8%. Now, the overall CPI or consumer price index is at 6.4%, but every item that I just listed is a necessity for the American families. Now, fuel oil oil might not be for us here in the Valley, but it certainly is for the vast majority of the country that lives in cold weather. But take out the 27.7% for fuel oil because let's say it doesn't affect us that much in Arizona. Gas utilities, 26.7. That's a huge number of us. Transportation, all of us at 14.6. Electricity is up 11.9%. Food at home. Now, there's a statistic here at food away from home. That's 8.2% on the increase, which you can control. You know, more and more families have to eat at home because it's too expensive to eat out. But food at home is up 11.3% year over year. Shelter, 7.9%. So the overall CPI is at 6.4%. All of the necessities I just listed are well above that. 1.5% higher for shelter, which is the closest to that number of 6.4%. New cars, 5.8%. Now, that doesn't affect everybody. 
because a lot of people buy used cars. Used cars are down 11.6% in value. That's good news for families that used cars have begun because they were hitting a huge high of how expensive used cars were. The cost of a used car is down 11.5% or 11.6%. So being critical just to be critical, it, it doesn't make any sense. But the reality for the American people is this. We have got an election year coming up in 2024. Um, I'm going to lay out the case for you of why I think that this has been a mistake and a disaster in this administration. When all of this began – and again, I will will give – as a concession because I you know these segments of the show are not very long. Instead of getting a long, drawn-out argument – about whose fault all this stuff is to begin with. I'm going to concede something, that um, everything that the Biden administration says about things as they came into this administration being Trump's fault, I'm going to say, for the sake of this conversation, let's say it was. It all happened because of Trump. And the stuff that didn't happen because of Trump happened because of Putin or something else that they couldn't control. Let's let's say that all of that is true, that President Biden took office in January A couple of years ago, and he walked into an unmitigated economic disaster. He still has the job of fixing it, and it's only gotten worse. As inflation was creeping in and inflation was creeping up, this is what they cannot run from. They called it transitory inflation. Everybody in their administration, the Fed was saying it. Everybody was part of that echo chamber. When the experts on Wall Street, who, by the way, do not care who the president is or who the Congress is, they make money either way. Their job is to understand that whatever the circumstances are, it doesn't matter who creates the circumstances. It doesn't matter what party's in control. We adjust to the circumstances so that our clients make money. That's why when you look and see how they react, it is an unfiltered reaction to the realities of what's happening, which is why I look at it so much. They will tell you what direction things are going. And here you have inflation and all of the experts saying this is not transitory. This is a big deal. And they didn't react and they didn't react and they didn't react. Now, as an American, now for the political leanings of people, this is a huge feather in the cap of anybody on the right side of the aisle that's going to run against Joe Biden because they're going to use it. They're going to be screaming transitory inflation, and they should between now and the election in 2024. The Biden administration is going to have to defend it. They did not act fast enough. They can talk about – they're going to talk about the Inflation Reduction Act. They're going to talk about the moderation of inflation. But the problem for them is this. They set records with gas prices under their watch. Record gas prices. So when they say they're going to say gas prices are down a huge amount, but they were up higher than they've ever been. The the American public in the end will vote with their wallets. You've got a government that is so bloated with American tax dollars. The American people have already given, and you're going to say, well, some people don't give enough. Well, I will tell you that the same can be said for people on the lowest end of the economic spectrum as the highest end, and everybody in the middle is what's paying off the majority of taxes in this country. 
But we have so much money taken out of the American economy in the form of taxation. They are setting record revenue into the Treasury every month and every quarter. And yet this administration, I don't care which segment of the American public, they want to raise taxes on the American public. They want to take your discretionary income away from you into their black hole of programs at the federal government. And they're going to have to answer for it. Because the American economy is not better than it was two years ago. The question, are you better off now than you were four years ago, is a resounding no for many people. They have to answer for that. It's part of the job. It's part of the job. Coming up in a moment, a shift, because we talk about environmentalism quite a bit, but this isn't really environmentalism, but it does lead to the environment and one of the issues people talk a lot about. The Gen Z generation less likely and less interested in driving than generations before them. What's that going to do to the industry and the environment? We'll talk about it coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I just got a really nice message from uh, Brent Bowden, that song that we played about Arizona. And uh, he wrote a song about the state he grew up in. He's from here. And so it's Statehood Day in Arizona. So happy Valentine's Day. Happy Statehood Day. We're 111 years old here in Arizona. And so we played an original song from an Arizona native named Brent Bowden, and it's on YouTube. And we may play it again later because it's Statehood Day, but I got a great message from him. I'm glad he got to hear it. I didn't know he was going to be able to hear it, but we played a little while ago, and it's just, if you're proud to live in this state, and I certainly am, it should be, I think, the state anthem. It's that good, and you can catch it out on YouTube. Um, So, Gen Z is less interested. It said, no drive to drive. Gen Z is getting behind the wheel less than generations before them. This, to me, is, um, I want to do a a very quick, informal survey. Hey, Julia, let me ask you a question. Uh, Julia, let me ask let me ask you a question, Julia. This is where this is where your youth is going to help me. Okay, um, were you excited about driving when you turned fifteen, sixteen? Was it something you looked really forward to? I would say so. Really? Yeah. Um, do, are, do you think the younger generation isn't as excited? I have friends who didn't get their licenses until college, and I have one friend who absolutely refuses to get his license. Why? Did they say why? Yeah, my friend prefers walking. He's out in San Francisco, so he has public transportation that actually helps him get around the city. And so he did, but he doesn't have the um, the desire to drive. Nope. See, and that's so. I appreciate it. That, that to me is so foreign. I remember as a kid, I couldn't wait to drive. I mean, I couldn't wait to learn to ride a bike. There's a freedom with and then getting behind the wheel of a car and looking back at the disaster of automobiles that I grew up with. It was so funny. You know, my mother had the the ugliest blue gremlin on the planet, four tires that never matched. But I couldn't wait to drive that car. But this, according to the survey, it said I haven't needed one to this point. If there's an emergency, I call Uber or 911, someone told the Washington Post. Uh, The rising generation born loosely between 1996 and 2012 never looked at a learner's permit, a license, or a new car as a novel coming-of-age stages. I just thought this was curious. Um, Just the way generations are different. And congratulations to them. You know, if if public transportation, when you go um, to other countries, public transportation is the way people get around. It's just interesting that it's happening here. 
But I want to look at the way things are shifting. Is there a natural shift in things? Because I believe that that shift is kind of natural. It's happened over time. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't coordinated to some degree that we wanted better public transportation. It's one of the things I lament in Arizona. I wish we had better public transportation. You know, I, I just do. Uh, the, the light rail is a disaster. And I apologize to anybody that, that put that together. It, it really, for the money that we spend in Arizona on light rail, what it cost us, not just in the dollars to build, but the cost of the businesses along the right, light rail path that were lost while it was being constructed, we certainly have not gotten bang for our buck. We just have not. It, it, it could be and should be so much better. Um, I'm going to be going to New York soon, and the public transportation system in New York, now obviously much, much different in a bigger city, um, been around a lot longer, but putting it underground or putting it overhead, um, it's just a better way to do things. And to have it run slow like it does in the middle of the street on the same path of the buses, someone explained to me how it's an advantage. Now, if you're going from the ASU campus into downtown Phoenix, terrific. If you're going from somewhere in the valley to a ball game, downtown to a baseball game or a Suns game or a concert, okay, except it's divided by a full city block. And none of it makes sense to me. I just got to tell you, uh, they, they don't even know that you're paying to get on. They don't have turnstiles. And unless somebody so gets on, unless right somebody gets on and, and checks your ticket, nobody, I don't, nobody knows that you paid. Anyway, I digress from that. But look at the, some of the changes. California's grid, their electrical grid, faces collapse as leaders punish or push renewables, electric vehicles, according to experts. This is what I've talked about from the beginning. I am not someone that says we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do that. I think that living where we do with the amount today is an exception. In, uh, living where we do, that... Solar energy has got to be a wave of the future, correct? And even the wave of the present, it is, the technology is so much better now than it was 15 or 20 years ago. And so we'd be dumb not to capture the energy of the sun and use it everywhere we can. But we don't see solar vehicles driving around yet. That, I mean, I'm sure that may be coming someday, but it hasn't happened yet. But we have electric vehicles. Now, to my minimal knowledge, I'm not an electrical engineer, but I spent years in that business as an electrical contractor. I've worked on very what they call small electrical grids. If you have anything you have in a home or in a building is an electrical grid. You have a main source that has a capacity, that has a limit, and then you have sub-panels and you have a grid that make up what the, that demand for that grid. And you've got to stay within it. And when you don't, you have to upgrade the size of your service and all of these other things that I won't go into. But you've got Texas, who has had a very huge problem with electrical, their electrical grid. And look at California. We think of California as the big haven for environmentalism, for a state that is pushing people and saying we are going to absolutely forbid and stop gasoline-powered vehicles or combustion engines by 2030 or whatever their drop-dead date is, their electric grid can't take it now. It, again, the idea of what you want and how you're going to get there, sometimes you have got to deal with reality, and I just don't think that they're dealing with reality. In a moment, we are going to talk about the border. The Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, scheduled to tour the border with a border congressman. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. 
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. See, now you're speaking my language. The anti-Valentine's Day song for all the single people. Love Stinks by the Jake Isles Band. Take that, you happy couples. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm not bitter about it at all anymore. Uh, thanks for being here. Happy Valentine's Day from the Mike Broomhead Show, and happy Statehood Day uh, to all of you here in Arizona. We have become a state 111 years old today, the state of Arizona. Um, we are a border state. Obviously, the border issue remains a big one. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to visit the Arizona border. He is going to visit with Congressman Juan Siscomani. Uh, Congressman Siscomani making a big splash. Uh, he gave the uh, rebuttal in Spanish to the State of the Union address, and uh, so he has now invited the Speaker of the House. One of the questions, and, and I, I don't mean this as an insult, but it is a, a valid question because we've asked this question about many in the administration. I wonder why the Speaker hasn't been here before. I mean, I know he is a staunch advocate for reforms at the border, uh, but I'm glad he's coming. Um, there are a couple of pieces of legislation that may make some differences. I just don't know. And it's teeth and laws. As drugs flow across the border, a new bill would slash traffickers' government benefits, which made me do a double take. On the heels of another record-setting year for illegal border crossings, Senator Marsha Blackburn is rolling out legislation targeting traffickers' wallets, denying them access to welfare, public housing, and other federal benefits. So this legislation ensures that hardworking American taxpayers already crushed by inflation are not forced to fund the lifestyles of offenders who are making our country more dangerous. Um, I didn't realize that that wasn't a thing already, but that's just one piece of legislation. Nearly one, nearly one million more fentanyl pills seized at the Arizona-Mexico border is another headline. Um, the Canadian officials are, are telling Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, I want you to think about this. Um, and now, again, I, this to me makes me laugh a little bit. How horrible, and I mean this sincerely, how horrible was the governor of Arizona in Doug Ducey, the governor of California, or I'm sorry, you know, of Texas in uh, Abbott, and the governor of Florida in, in – uh, and how, uh, how horrible have they been, Governor DeSantis, how their image of sending migrants to New York City and other places that they were tricked into going there. The mayor of New York, Eric Adams – has been told by Canadian officials, stop busing illegal immigrants to Canada. So not only is he busing immigrants, he's busing them out of the country. So this idea that this is Republican-Democrat is just not true. You have an overwhelmed mayor in a city that is absolutely huge, overwhelmed by what the overflow that's being sent from places like Yuma, Arizona. Just aggravating. Another headline here, Governor Hobbs wants the border shipping containers used for housing. Um, the, the, the problem with a lot of this is they talk about the millions of dollars spent in the Ducey program of putting up. They aren't talking about the millions and taking it down. It all costs money. Our governor is still spending money on busing people, but she's doing it more humanely. The, we've got to stop this partisan bickering of because she's one of us, she's doing the right thing. And because she's one of you, she's doing the wrong thing and vice versa. Here's a headline to that end. Hundreds of immigrant families split apart under Trump remain separated. Do you remember the argument about separated families? 
because families were coming over the border illegally or a family member coming over and then the father was deported or the mother was deported leaving. I, I will tell you, it's a, it's horrible. I, I will, I'm not – I can't think of anything worse than being separated from your child. But it isn't the fault of the U.S. government's own in this. There is something has to be done. And when I'm going to so let's say they considered a misdemeanor to be in this country illegally. So I'm going to keep it along those lines. If you go into a store today and you take your child with you and you shoplift, you're going to be taken to jail and your child is going to be placed with a family member or put into children's services. If you're driving around right now with your children in the car and you've been drinking or you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol, you're going to go to jail and your children are either going to be put with a family member or they're going to be put with um, children's services because you broke the law. Misdemeanor or not, nobody is saying we shouldn't separate those families, that your children should be able to go to jail with you, or worse yet, you shouldn't go to jail for your crime because you're separated from your children. We have a system that's broken, and the response, sometimes the laws don't fit. What I mean by that is there are people that come here, and there are consequences that don't seem fair or seem um, humane. But we cannot, we as a nation, can no longer tolerate that the cartels dictate the immigration policies of the U.S. They are dictating who's invited into our country and who isn't. It isn't the American citizens anymore. Um, so House Speaker McCarthy is going to come to the border with Congressman Siskamani, and I hope that with this border tour comes solutions and not just more problems. The political grandstanding is one thing. We understand that, you know, especially in the House of Representatives. It's only a two-year term, so this year, members of the House are raising money. Next year, they'll be running for office. Then they're raising money. Then they're running for office. So it seems like it's a perpetual place for them. But we've got a presidential election coming up. We have got the control of the United States Senate is going to be in question once again. Maybe more of an expansion of control for the Republicans in the House. Maybe not. Maybe they screw it up and the Democrats take back the House. We don't know. But we understand that the the grandstanding that comes with politics is part of the game. But I can tell you we can solve that issue in a lot of ways when all of us come together and say right is right and wrong is wrong. The policies of the U.S. government, call it the Biden administration, that's accurate, but we know Republicans are as guilty for this as well of not doing anything. The policies of the United States federal government have not fixed the problem at our border, and it's worse now than it's ever been. And we need to do something to fix it. I'm not saying anything that should insult one political party or the other. That is a fact. We live in the state of Arizona where you've got a Democrat senator in Mark Kelly, an independent senator in Kirsten Sinema who is a former Democrat. You've got Republicans in the state legislature. You have our governor who is a staunch Democrat that has blamed the federal government as a whole. She has not necessarily gone after the president, but she said the federal government for decades has been failing on this issue. This crosses party lines in Arizona. It's about time we, the electorate, do the same thing. This should be a unified voice of fixing this problem. We've got the power of the vote. We should be using it better. In a moment, um, a, a headline, ESAs can fully cover tuition at some private schools. Not all, but some. How true is that? And is it a good thing? We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. 
and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. We had a conversation earlier. I think in the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to take it up again for a few moments. The first lady was in town for the Super Bowl. She's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And while she was here, she stayed a day later. She went out to Mar- um, uh, to Mesa Community College, to MCC, to talk about the importance of the pipeline of education and getting students ready for the real world. And I would say to you, I think that's a valuable tool when we've talked about a, a two-year degree for people uh, that are going to get, let's say, a certificate of of completion and that I, I can't think of a better way of putting it but there are so many jobs out there that are available for people that it's not necessarily locking yourself in with huge student loans in a college and what it also could do i think as we watch the evolution of education is it could set our universities up to be more specialized and they could focus on the things that it's going to take that more extended degree on. And and so I don't know that that's going to happen, but it's a possibility moving in that direction. I've talked about high schools as well and the ESA expansion. Now, there is a story here from Axios. It said if you're trying to decide whether to send your kid, where to send your kids to school next year, thinking about using the state voucher style empowerment scholarship account, you might be wondering what your ESA covers. Now, this talks about the average ESA for the third quarter of last year was $11,332, and some students received more than 30000 Most got less, according to the Arizona Department of Education. Now, the ESAs are based on need for, I believe, special needs students. But um, if you look at what they do in these averages, now, it's going to be very difficult for families to cover the tuition with an ESA and the average ESA that a family gets. There's no doubt about that. But the expansion of the ESA program allows families more flexibility. Is it going to help every single family, even though it's available to every family? I don't believe it will. And this is a brand new program, an expansion of a program that can be tweaked and changed because it didn't happen by a ballot proposition. It happened by the work of the legislature. So as this program goes on, and they see what's working and what needs to be fixed, they can tweak the program more easily than a two-thirds majority. And this is where my problem with this, the argument of this is so childish. What it boils down to is power and control, and it always does. And with the money goes the power and the control. So I'm going to ask you at the beginning, and this is where we will agree or disagree on the issue, who should have control of the dollars ultimately? Should it be the school district? Or should it be the parents? I would say to you that the more power the parents have, the better off they are. And keep in mind, I don't think that a lot of the parents are going to agree with me, what I would want for my child. That's the interesting thing about this. When, when Roe v. Wade was sent back to the states, when the states now had more control over abortion laws, I warned all of my, all of my friends that are pro-life like I am. I said, be careful because you're going to see some states like Arizona that may put some pretty serious restrictions on abortions. And you're going to have states like California that are going to open things up. They're going to do things differently, and they have an absolute right to exist that way, where the state of California may protect abortion rights for women in their constitution so that there can't ever be a Republican legislature that changes it. They have the right to do that now, and the same with these programs in school districts. School districts have the freedom to cater to whoever they want to entice into their school district, and if you think the people in the neighborhoods where you live want something that looks more like – newer education, then offer it. 
And if you live in a neighborhood in an area of town where you believe the more traditional form of education or what your parents want, then do that. And your job is to attract as many people as possible. But in the end, the parents have the ability to send their children somewhere else. There are going to be some families that even with an ESA can't send their child to Brophy or Seton Catholic or Scottsdale Christian or Northwest Community Christian. And I'm probably leaving out a bunch of those private schools, uh, Borgade or whatever. It's just how it is. But there are some families that this would get them a lot closer. There are some families that it opens up options for their children of homeschooling and of micro schools and a much a, a plethora of options that they didn't have before because of financial reasons. And giving the parents the control of the dollars, I think, makes schools better because schools ultimately their job is not to tell parents what's best for their children, but to do what parents say is best for their children. This is uh, – we've seen school boards have gotten so out of control that they've said it's not our job to do this for kids. It's our job to make sure they're good citizens. No, your job is to help them read. They'll figure it out. I, I, I have faith. I have faith in humanity in that regard. If you make people a critical thinker, they will figure it out. I, I, thank God I, I came from a family that focuses on that. You know, not everybody agrees. I have people uh, – it's so funny. I grew up in the same education system. I mean the same middle school, same school buses. As I've talked about my friend Seth very often. He was one of my very first friends. I met him when I was 11 or 12 years old living in the villas in Fort Myers, Florida, and we were villas kids together. We rode the same school bus all of middle school and then some of high school until we both started riding with friends in cars. We remain lifelong friends to this day. He is one of the most liberal people I know. We grew up in the same school. We grew up in the same neighborhood with the same friends and we ended up in opposite ends of the political spectrum. He's a smart man. He's a good, hardworking guy. He's a contributor to society. I couldn't agree less with the stuff he wants politically and the same with me. But we both have an education. We both were educated in the same classroom and we both came to different conclusions, but they were educated conclusions. And that's what you're going to get with an educated society. These ESA, this ESA expansion is not the bane of education in Arizona. I believe it's the beginning of education in Arizona. The idea that if your child's flourishing in a district school, this doesn't even affect you. It won't ever affect you. But if you have a child that's struggling for one reason or another, you now have options you didn't have before. How is that bad? It's not. It's not bad. Coming up just after 11 o'clock, we're going to shift. We're going to talk about the First Lady at MCC and what she had to say about education and opportunity. She touted community colleges, which I think are great things as well. We're going to talk about what jobs are available for young people and how they can get successful. All that happens next.